speed like you've never seen before. Call me crazy, but he's not going to win. What? What? This is NASCAR. This is the Behind the Wall Podcast, brought to you by Behind the Wall Media, your source for all things NASCAR. Bringing you the weekly NASCAR news with a comedic edge and a hot side of cold takes. The Behind the Wall Podcast with your hosts, Henry Hobbs, Josh Slate, Adam Thomas, and Jay Young. Now, pull those belts tight and hit the gas. Podcast episode 88. I am Henry Hobbs, and this is presented by University Fan Cards. If you're looking for a gift or debit card for your favorite college team, then you need to know about fan cards. They've got licensed gift and debit cards powered by MasterCard for over 25 of the biggest teams in college sports. Plus, when you order a card and set up direct deposit, you're automatically entered to win tickets to see your team play. Set up myfancard.com to learn more. Once again, that's myfancard.com. It's just me this week. So I guess you could say we're riding solo. So I figured we'll do a little a quick rundown of Atlanta and what happened. And we'll set it some nice Jason Derulo. Let's get after it. Riding solo. All right. Just kidding. I can't do that. Can't do it. All right. Atlanta. One of my favorite races of the year now. Last year and years prior. Actually, ever since 20, 2019. I've not enjoyed Atlanta even before that. So 2019 was the sole year. That was the first year that they had the new, uh, the new Gen Six package that you know bunched the cars back together and it made it made Atlanta bearable. So now we've got the sec- We had our second and final race at Atlanta this season, both with the same Super Speedway esque package, and both races produced unbelievable racing. From the drop of the green flag, we had you know ag- aggressive driving. We had strategic driving. We had uh, drivers who were making moves that you know you'd make at Talladega and Daytona. It was not the normal Atlanta race, and that's what I'm was I'm super happy about because the old Atlanta sucked. It's not fun to see a driver, <clears throat> Kevin Harvick, win by a half lap. Yeah, it's great if you're a Kevin Harvick fan, but if you're a fan of close racing and NASCAR and the kind of racing that sets NASCAR apart, that's not good racing. There's no bumping and banging. It's one by one, single file, freight train, and eh, not really freight train, but yeah, it's it's a conga line. They just sit there, and it's you know, five hundred miles of, and I mean, this past weekend is four four hundred miles, but you know, in the past, it's uh, the quick trip, Folds of Honor five hundred. It's five hundred miles of just follow the leader. It's not fun. Even stage racing could fix it, and stage racing fixed a lot of the races we had. So. With that being said, I'm very happy with the product that we saw on track. Marcus Smith, SMI, they absolutely nailed Atlanta Motor Speedway. They took a track that was not fun to watch, and they made it fun to watch. They essentially created the fifth and sixth super speedway race of the season. 
You know, we saw different drivers up front. We had Corey LaJoy, who almost pulled off the upset win. Now, it wouldn't have guaranteed him a spot in the playoffs, first of all, because, you know, we could have had more than 16 winners. That would have made him the uh, 14th, I think. Yeah, 14th. But he's also not in the top 30 in points, so he's not guaranteed a spot because of that win. But at the end of the day, Corey LaJoy with Spire Motorsports had a chance to win a NASCAR Cup Series race. It was not an exhibition race. It wasn't a Daytona, or it wasn't a, uh, it wasn't a, you know, all-star race or the clash. It was a points-paying NASCAR race. That is not something you see. And I would have felt this exact same way if Cody Ware was up front. You know, a, a, a team that doesn't really have a chance on a normal, on a normal weekend. But it, a, a team, I mean, putting together a package where a team the size of Spire is able to go out and potentially get the win, that's huge. And I think he could have done it. I really do. Uh, I think a lot of it's just inexperience on his end. Obviously, he he never leads laps. You know, that's not a green flag pit stop cycle. So for him to roll up and uh, you know lead a, a couple laps, most laps he's ever led in his career, that's pretty spectacular. Had it almost had it at the end. I, I think uh, an experienced driver who was in, you know, who's been up front, probably could have won the race. But you know, if it was a Cody Ware, if it was a Corey LaJoy, if it was a, uh, you know, whoever, uh, I, I I don't know who, um, but it, you know, one of those inexperienced drivers who, uh, not inexperienced, but the ones who just don't race up front week to week. You know, I think I, I don't think they. I don't think any of them could have won this past weekend because it takes a uh, it takes an experienced driver driver to be able to throw those blocks, then um, to keep you know uh, just and that some of NASCAR's greatest drivers behind him, Chase Elliott. Uh, you know, I guess you could put Chastain on that level. So, you know, I didn't. I was rooting for him. I didn't think he could win just because I knew something was going to happen. He was going to throw a bad block or he was going to get blocked because at the end, I mean, your, your heart's racing. Like I, I know how it felt winning uh, my first race on NASCAR Heat 2 on Xbox. It's a game that doesn't even matter. I'm not making any money off of it. I'm not securing a playoff berth. But my heart was still racing. So I can only imagine how insane his heart rate must have been. Now, it's just it's not something you can prepare for. You can think about it and maybe get your heart rate going. But you know, leading a, a NASCAR Cup Series race with however many laps remaining, those nerves have got to be insane. So... Props to Atlanta, props to Marcus Smith, props to SMI. You guys have absolutely nailed the track. Now, if only you could pull the same magic on a track like Texas, then you may be the greatest greatest group of people of all time. But, you know, the jury's still out on that one. Texas still sucks. Uh, I'd love to see Kentucky come back. I feel like it's, it would race incredible with this car. But, you know, uh, back to the whole playoff picture, just touched on it. Uh, we're still sitting at 13 winners. Uh, Chase Elliott won again. That was his third win of the season. He is uh, he's still comfortably in first place. Um, you know, honestly, he's definitely going to be the favorite for the regular season championship. Um, he's at 684 points. Roush Chastain's in second with uh, 634. So he's got a 50-point gap. You know, I've seen crazier things happen. We saw uh, Kyle Larson come out of nowhere and uh, end up pulling off the, uh, I'm not going to say upset, but he came back and pulled off a, uh, you know, an unlikely comeback uh, in terms of the regular season points championship with Denny Hamlin because it looked like he had run away with it with 
you know, half the regular season left to go. But uh, Chase Elliott, 684, Ross Chastain, 634. I think those are really the only two guys, unless Chase Elliott has a massive meltdown in the next couple of races. I think it's, it's Chase Elliott, Ross Chastain. I don't see Chastain putting together enough good races, you know, uh, yeah, Chastain's got more top fives than uh, Chase Elliott, so he's going to need to put together some more. But a 50, 50 point gap's pretty pretty insane. Uh, he's going to have Chastain's going to have to win some stages to really pick up those bonus points. But um, yeah, I think at this point you can basically guarantee Chase Elliott's going to win that regular season title, and he's he's going to sit there and he as long as he doesn't wreck out of any of the races in the playoffs, he's going to prance his way to the final four because he's built up such a cushion with these playoff points. It's it's he's already at uh, 15 with the wins. I don't know how many stages he's won, but you know he's north of 15. He's going to get some more once he wins the regular season title. So you know, it's going to set him apart from everyone else. Um, but back to this weekend, you know, we, we saw another diverse weekend. It was it was just like it was a super speedway race, which it technically was because that was the package we were using, even though it was on an intermediate track. But the top 10, it was it was fantastic. Chase Elliott wins, uh, Chastain second, Cindric third, which was actually really surprising because early in the race, he fell all the way to the back and worked his way back up front, which is tough to do, especially with all the chaos at a super speedway race. Being able to move from you know the back of the field up to third at the at the end and not have a dented up race car like Chastain, that's impressive. And I will say that uh, Ross Chastain driving back with his damaged car, also very impressive. In fourth, we had Eric Jones, fifth, Ryan Blaney, sixth, Daniel Suarez, seventh, Justin Haley, always always a factor of these super speedway races. Colleague has been pretty disappointing this season so far, but uh, I think that was a really good comeback, uh, comeback effort for him. Uh, Eric Amarola, eighth, Cole Custer, ninth, Harrison Burton, tenth. I don't know about you, but I'd say it's a pretty diverse, diverse group of guys in the top ten. You know, Harrison Burton, you don't see him up front. Uh, Eric Almirola, he's kind of fallen off. He started off really strong this season, but he's fallen off in the latter part of the season. Cole Custer, yeah, flip a coin. He may not be in the uh, top 10. Eric Jones, really turning it on this year, especially the second half of the season. You know, was it because the Hardys was on his car? Was it because Hardys is a kind of sort of associate sponsor of uh, Petty GMS? I don't know. But, I mean, it could just be the Hardys effect. Top five finish for Eric Jones. Um, but I think, you know, with Chase Elliott winning this weekend and uh, a new driver not winning, I think it, it kind of cools off the whole, I mean, all the talk about, you know, 16 different drivers winning in the cup series and don't get me wrong. It's still possible. It very likely could still happen, but you know, I, I after this weekend, it's, it's unlikely, you know, you've, that was one of two super speedway races left before the uh, the regular season wraps up at Daytona. Um, but, you know, the, the the season's been crazy so far. We saw Eric Amarola win at New Hampshire last year, which we're going to this weekend. Granted, it was a rain-shortened, or sorry, not rain, a darkness-shortened race. They, uh, I remember they, they, uh, they called the race early, told them they had 10 laps left because the darkness and New Hampshire doesn't have lights. There you go, Bob Pockers saved you there. Um, but you know we could see that uh, that surprise winner this weekend in Loudon. So uh, you know, will a uh, new winner or a, a guy win for the first time this season? I don't know. I know Kevin Harvick is uh, is pretty phenomenal at that track, 
Uh, he still has not won this season. Ryan Blaney is not one who he usually wins. Uh, Martin Trex Jr., uh, he could easily win. So we've got some heavy hitters that have yet to win this season that could end up pulling off, pulling out the dub. But, yeah, it's next gen. We haven't seen how the car races at New Hampshire. I think, uh, you know, last year we saw a really solid race. Uh, I think we're in for another treat this year just based on what we've seen so far. Um, week after that, July 24th weekend, Pocono Raceway. Uh, you know, it's usually a Hendrick-dominated track. Uh, I'm pretty sure Kyle Busch is going to be working his butt off because it's the M&M's Fan Appreciation 400. Uh, this is the final year that Marge is sponsoring uh, sponsoring Kyle Busch and NASCAR. So, you know, it would it'd be pretty cool to put the M&M's machine in victory lane for their race. Uh, you know, not going to make the call now. We'll see how it goes. But um, usually uh, 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 in the past, uh, Joe Gibbs Racing has done very well at, uh, at, at Pocono Raceway. Um, so, you know, it's it's another track that we we could see a surprise winner. Uh Indianapolis Road Course. I don't think we're gonna see uh I don't think we're gonna see a new winner there. It's either gonna be uh Briscoe, Chase Elliott, Almondinger. Almondinger won it last year. Uh wouldn't be surprised to see him do it again. Uh Chastain could end up pulling it up. I don't think there's solid uh road course racers in the field uh, that haven't won a race this season. You know, you we could be surprised with uh Michael McDowell usually runs up front at these, uh, at these road course races. And we could see Chris Buescher, you know, he's been up front at these road courses and he's at least made an effort or he's been close and yet be able to seal the deal. But, you know, will he win that race? I, I would not put money on it. I would not. I'm, I'm for some reason, Indianapolis road course got to go with the, uh, the road course aces, Chase Elliott, uh, Kyle Busch, Martin Truex Jr. Well, yeah, I guess uh, Truex has gotten to the point where he's pretty decent at road course races. Um, but, you know, I think Truex is, out of all the winless drivers, Truex has definitely got the best chance at winning that one. Uh, Michigan International Speedway, Firekeepers Casino 400, August 7th. Um, you know, I don't, I don't know. We haven't seen Michigan this year. I don't know if it'll be decent or not, so... Uh, don't really have a read on that one. Richmond, I feel like Joe Gibbs is going to dominate that again. You know, could we see another Truex victory? He won the same race a year ago. Um, and came back and passed Denny Hamlin late in that race. Could it happen again? It would not surprise me. He's done it in the past. He's winless. He needs to get that win to secure his spot in the playoffs, especially if you get to the point where there's 15 winners and you're staring down the barrel at Daytona to wrap up the regular season and to, uh, to uh, descend, you know, the playoff 16 to the playoffs. If I'm Martin Truex Jr., I've got Richmond circled because you know that he can win at that track. Joe Gibbs Racing can win at that track. They did it earlier in the season with uh, Denny Hamlin. I could see it. Uh, then we had to Watkins Glen go bowling at the Glen August 21st. Yeah, that's that's going to be another Chevy show. Chase Elliott, I would put my money on Chase Elliott again. The dude's insane at Watkins Glen. Uh, I don't know if Kyle Larson has the uh, – I don't know what the deal is with Kyle Larson, but he's just he has not been there this year. I think he's still hungover off that championship because last year was unbelievable. But, you know, uh, that could, could it be a Chris Buescher race? You know, we've seen surprise winners in the past. Juan Pablo uh, Montoya, uh, Marcus Ambrose. Can we see it again? Who knows? Would I put money on it? 
still probably not. But, you know, we've got all these different, and we, we, then we've got Daytona next week, uh, the following weekend, Coke Zero Sugar 400. Uh, you know, we've got, uh, I got to do some math here. One, two, three, four, five. We got seven races left in the regular season. Three playoff spots remain. Is it possible that we get those three winners in the next seven races? Yes. Is it likely? No. With the slate of tracks that we have, especially with Chase Elliott winning this past weekend at Atlanta, which was the wild, the the second to last wild card race, it's 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 more unlikely now. And don't get me wrong, I'd love to see the chaos of. I'd really, ideally, I'd like to see fifteen spots filled, one spot left. You can't point your way, and you have to win, or have someone win that's already in the playoffs. I think that's that's the most intense, and that's really I think what NASCAR would want to see because. That's they, they want chaos. They want excitement. The past couple of years, the past two years at Daytona for the uh, playoff cutoff or the uh, regular season cutoff, Daytona has been incredible. And I don't think those years are going to be any different. So seven races left, three spots remaining. We're, uh, we're getting to the point now where you know, we could see some, uh, some pretty spectacular racing. You know, a lot of desperation is still out there. You know, you've got the Martin Trex Jr., the Kevin Harvick. Kevin Harvick's on the outside looking in as of right now. You've got Austin Dillon, Bubba Wallace, all these guys who, you know, doesn't matter, you know, one of seven races, you've got every type of track in there, road course. You've got a super speedway. You've got a short track. You've got an intermediate. You know, these guys these guys are getting desperate at this point. They've got to secure their way because you can't sit back and just assume that we're only going to have 13 winners. So they've got these different tracks circled, and we're going to see something crazy. Um, do I know a track? I don't know. Besides Daytona, Daytona, all all hell is going to break loose, and that's that's the wild card. So, wouldn't be surprised to see it there. Will we see it at the other tracks? Don't know. So, big news breaking today. This was something that no one had. You could not have you could have not planned this unless you were Tyler Reddick or you were twenty three or predicted it unless you were one of the two parties that was involved with this. But as of today, July 12th, 2022, the 2024 NASCAR silly season has officially begun. Tyler Reddick has decided he's going to jump ship at RCR. He's heading to 2311. President 2311 has already said that next year it's going to be Kurt Busch and Bubba Wallace. And Denny Hamlin said it on the Dale Jr. download that they're looking at going to three, uh, three, uh, becoming a three-car team. So honestly, if I had to put my cards, if if I if I had to put some a uh, little betting money on this, you guys know I love to bet. If I had to bet, I would bet you that the the driver lineup is going to stay the same for twenty three and twenty four, and they're they're going to add ten, uh, Tyler Reddick as that third car because that makes the most sense. You have the veteran, you've got Bubba Wallace who's worked his butt off to get where he is. And then you've got Tyler Reddick, who's a uh, who's a, a, a solid guy. So you got three guys at three totally different stages of their career. We have the champion, the veteran. We've got the guy who's newer to the Cup Series, but he's coming by storm. And we've got Bubba Wallace, who you know seems to be plagued by bad luck. But you know, if you add that third team, does that does that make it a little easier? You know, do you get to the point where you're able to? hire your own pit crew and make those decisions where you don't have to lease a pit crew from Joe Gibbs racing only for them to screw you over every single weekend. Like what we've seen with Bubba Wallace up until this past weekend. And what do you know about that? They make the switch. Bubba Wallace has no issues on pit road, but you know who does 
Christopher Bell. Whose pit crew did he get? Hmm. Oh, Bubba's old pit crew. Yeah, that's the funniest thing that, you know, I, I don't want to get on a soapbox here, but that's the funniest thing about the, the NASCAR Facebook fans is that it's, you know, it's, it's Bubba's fault that he has a loose wheel on pit road. It's his fault. He's a bad driver because he doesn't. He hadn't finished well. And I'm a I'm a stat guy. I know, you know that stats don't lie, but you can't just take the finishing order at face value. You've got to think about what happened. You know, was Bubba running in the top ten and then got sent to the back because he had a loose wheel, or he was uh, had equipment interference or equipment left the box because his pit crew sucks. You got to read into this stuff. So I think that. 2311 moving into 2024 that it's going to be a three-car team i think that'll be kurt bush's final year in the cup series you know i thought i thought this year might have been his last uh but i think with you know how well he's doing it looks like he's having fun he's not definitely not in kevin harvick's boat i mean he's he's racing a lot better than kevin harvick he's in the playoffs uh, so I thought it was going to be his final season, but looking at it now, I think that he's got two more years in him. Uh, he wants to help cement his legacy as you know, a guy who can win with any team, who can you know help this team out, and I think that's that's what's going to happen. So obviously, or I, I I figured RCR knew what was going on, but apparently they did not. They released a statement today, said we're proud of the success that Tyler Reddick has found at Richard Childress Racing. We're focused on winning a championship in 2022 and 2023, although timing of this announcement could not be any worse. Could not be any worse. I can't imagine the turmoil at Richard Childress Racing right now. I can't imagine how the uh, the crews feel, because I'm assuming they didn't know. I can't imagine, like, the uh, the the... At this point, I, there's no way that Tyler Reddick wins a championship these next two years. His team's not going to be behind him with him essentially throwing this news out. This was, I love the chaos of it, but it was just a bad move on his end because do you think that they're going to pour all their effort into Tyler Reddick at this point? Probably not. If I were them, I would be like, screw this. I mean, every single ounce of effort's going into Austin Dillon's car because he's got the skill to win along with Tyler Reddick. So, I, I would love to be a fly on a wall at the RCR, uh, at, at RCR's campus. Like that would, that would just, that would be awesome. Um, well, I mean, it sucks for everyone, but it also, like I said, it opens up silly season. It, I mean, it, it could end up, this could be the start of the next year's silly season. You know, is Richard Childress going to stand by and just let him, you know, spend the next year, in the in his cup car, even though he knows that he's gone. I certainly wouldn't. I'd kick Tyler Reddick to the curb. You know, there's plenty of talent in the uh in the Xfinity series that you could bring up that would, you know, commit to the team, that they would love to be in that position. Noah Gregson. Uh I'm I guarantee, you know, you bring uh you bring Daniel Hemrick back up. He went out there, he won a championship in the Xfinity series, got more uh got more uh experience. I wouldn't be surprised to see Hemrick back up in the mix. If I were if I were Richard, I would I would go ahead and sign the papers now. Well, just announce to the world, give him a little checkmate. Tyler uh, Tyler Reddick's not coming back to the team next year. Send him to Xfinity. I'm mean, I'm sure Joe Gibbs has got a spot for him. You know, sponsor wise, it's probably going to suck, but you know, 
are you going to have the team behind him this next season? Is he really going to give you the, the best opportunity to go out there and win a championship when he's got one foot out the door? You know, it's one thing when, you know, it's la- last year, Brad Kozlowski announcing that he was going and he was joining RFK. You know, we, we made the, the you know, speculated that he had one foot in, one foot out. That's one thing. He's, you know, you've got 10 races left in the season. He, I th- he's mature enough to where he's going to be able to, you know, uh, you know, prioritize that he's still got, you know, he's still got to perform for uh, the captain. I don't know if Tyler Reddick's got that. I don't. So what is, what does Richard do? If I were him, Tyler's gone, you know, bring up Gregson, bring up Hemrick. But this also brings up another interesting idea, a sneaky one. If you think about the Xfinity series right now, there's a certain team that has been pondering the idea of moving up to the Cup Series. One of the biggest roadblocks of that happening has been the charters. The cost of one or two charters is is outrageous. Plus, you don't know if someone's selling them. You know, who, at this point, who's going to be selling a charter? Rick Ware Racing? Probably not. Maybe Live Fast? Maybe they could snack some money because obviously I don't know how how much longer they can they can sit there and be a uh, back back runner team. Like I love Matt Tift and BJ McLeod is one of the best guys in the Xfinity Garage with the development of drivers, but is it sustainable? Could it just be you know a, a two and done year for them, or one and done? I don't even know how old the team is. I think it's one year. Who knows? But. There's a certain team in the Xfinity series, Junior Motorsports, and they've been itching. Uh, it seems like they've been itching to get into the NASCAR Cup Series for you know the last two years. Now that they've seen that the next gen car is worth it, it levels out the playing field, and they know for sure that they're going to have that alliance with Hendrick Motorsports. Is this the time to pull a Trackhouse Racing and purchase a team? <clears throat> Maybe, you know, Richard Childress racing. You don't have to, you know, get rid of Austin Dillon. I know Austin Dillon is not ready to retire. You put Austin Dillon in a car and you bring up Noah Gragson or Josh Berry and you, oper- you, you operate as a, a two-car team. You know, maybe a third car. Like, Lord knows they have the money. You know, a third open car that you know, races whoever, a, 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 a Project 91 type deal like what Trackhouse is doing. But I would not be surprised in the slightest if Junior Motorsports comes out and they they buy Richard Childress Racing. Because if you think about it, there's not really anyone in the uh, the line of secession at this uh, at this point. You know, no one to take over Chip Ganassi Racing. And I think that that's where we're getting to that point in NASCAR where the 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 owner's getting old. Richard uh or uh uh uh, Penske. He's getting old. You know, is Cindric, uh, is uh, Tim Cindric, or I don't even know his name. Cindric going to take over Penske? I don't know. I mean, we don't know about that one. Seems to be that, uh, that Jeff Gordon's going to be taking over Hendrick Motorsports once Rick Hendrick decides he's done. You know, does Austin Dillon take over for RCR or uh, Richard Childress? I don't know. But I think a plausible move is to go ahead and get out while you're ahead. 
you know, you've got two charters sitting there, a massive building, an entire campus with a bunch of other teams on there. Think of the the Richard Chil- uh not Richard Childers, uh, the, the Hendrick Motorsports Mooresville campus or Kannapolis camp or wherever they're at. Because you've got Colleg Racing, or at least they did. I don't know. I'm, I'm getting out of my. I'm, I don't. I don't know the uh, the the layout of the land. But you know, think about it. You know, this this is this could just be the most powerful team of all time. If you've got Hendrick Motorsports, Junior Motorsports, and obviously stuff has to happen before they can get into the Cup Series. Uh, Rick Hendrick has to divest. Uh, he, he can't. You know, have ownership in two different teams. So he's he's got to get out of there. Um, but you know, I, I think that's that's the best way out. You know, charters are probably going for ten, fifteen million dollars. So right there, that's thirty million bucks. You sell the campus, yeah, throw some more millions on there, a couple more. All the equipment, haulers. I mean, we we've seen what Trackhouse can do when you buy an established team. You go out, you win three races. Could Junior Motorsports do that? Hell yeah, they could. You get the haulers, you get the you get the people, uh, you get the the campus, you get the experience, you get the, uh, the the established team. That's the way to success. That's the biggest reason that Trackhouse Racing is ahead of twenty three eleven at this point because they went ahead and they bought into the team. They took over the name, or basically they just switched names. New ownership, new vision. Twenty three eleven started from uh, start from scratch. So it's, it's a different story, but. I think it's going to be an interesting silly season. I wouldn't be surprised if that happens, but uh, yeah, it's a lot, it's all speculation at this point. This was the most ridiculous news we could have probably had on a July 12th. That wasn't somebody getting suspended or, you know, someone announcing that they're going next year or going to a, a certain team next year. But uh, the fact that Tyler Reddick and now are called his move two years out. That's, that's ballsy, very ballsy. Uh, he'll be fine regardless. But I think he's going to be good for uh, for 2311 in the long run, uh, help them expand that team. So with that being said, uh, New Hampshire this weekend, uh, the um, the Ambetter 301, New Hampshire, we'll go and give you a, uh, a hot pick race winner along with a dark horse. Um, dark horse, I, I got to go with Eric Jones. He surprised me week in and week out. He's a sneaky, he's a sneaky mofo. The sneakiest, maybe. Yeah, yeah, he's pretty sneaky. Uh, yeah, I got him as my dark horse. Would not be surprised to see him up there rubbing shoulders. Uh, you know, we could end up seeing a, another big one this year. Uh, so don't don't be surprised to see him in the mix at the end. Race winner, this is tough. It's tough. But I got to go with Kyle Busch. Uh, one one win on the season. Kyle Busch has uh, basically dominated this track in the past. Um, you know, I, I've got to really do some uh, some more research on this race before I put any type of money on it, just because you know I've been so down and out about New Hampshire for a while that I just don't even. I I didn't care about it last year, and I but I kind of care about the track this year because the race last year was interesting. So, you know, I could be a I could be a New Hampshire lover after this, but um, I, I don't know about that. But Eric Jones, winner, or uh, Dark Horse, Kyle Busch, winner. That's all I got. Nice little solo dolo podcast. Hopefully I got some help next week because my mouth is dry 
and my brain hurts from thinking. But uh, Sunday, July 17th, the AM Better 301, 3 p.m. Eastern on the USA Network and PRN, Sirius XM, Channel 90. Find a way to listen, watch it. You won't regret it. It's the Wall Podcast. We'll see you next week.